Oh, the Irish dancers. <laughs> Good morning they're, and welcome to HR Technically. <laughs> One step closer with Stacey Harris and John Sumter. Hi, Stacey. Good morning, John. Sorry for interrupting your introduction. It was just you would sound cheerful with the Irish dancers. So. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's you know, what a delightful thing. I, I just, I, I imagine little green men with pipes. Um, <laughs> Well, you know, pipes and 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 a jaunty smile—that's how it's supposed to be, right? It's, it's more important yeah, exactly. that they're they're enjoying themselves. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So you're in North Carolina. In I'm the middle home of a, this week. In the middle of a construction project. I am. I am. So if if everybody if anybody hears a little drilling, a little hammering behind me, please take. You know, or I they are. I, Back in July, I had a water leak in my basement, and it took me three months to just find a construction company that would come out because of how busy the Raleigh-Durham area is with growth and construction. Um, and so we finally got them out here. They're they're doing repairs on my house and doing some painting and stuff. So, yes, I am, I'm in a bit of a construction zone, but I'm very happy because it is nice to have it done before the holidays when my parents are coming. So <laughs> how about you, John? You're home now, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, is there um... a ton of cleanup? I've never heard of a fire hurricane before, but but apparently that's what we were dealing with is 100 mile an hour winds blowing fire, not rain. Um, and so we're back, but the the entire town was evacuated for a week um, and the power was turned off. And this is also true of the next town, which is about 20 miles away evacuated for a week with the power turned off. So everything in every refrigerator went bad, including the refrigerators in all of the restaurants and grocery stores. Yeah. And so, so there are food shortages. Um, um, and, and the, um, you know, the, when the grocery stores reopened, there was nothing fresh in the grocery store. So all the canned goods went, um, um, and the, the grocery stores are busy trying to uh, restock um, while people are busy trying to fill their refrigerators. And so it's a um, it, it's a madhouse for a while here. So, it it yeah, really goes to show, yeah, like just a few days what happens in a town, right? How much we depend on electricity, refrigeration. Yeah, you can't you can't do anything without electricity and refrigeration, and 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 so so it's been a it's been a great lesson. It's been a great lesson. Yeah. And of course, we're privileged, and um, the angst of moment to moment struggling for groceries is not something we worry about particularly. But there, there are large parts of the community where. It's a really big deal. It's it's more survivally right now than it's than it's been in years and years and years. Yeah, especially for people who have lost everything. And you know, it, 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 you know, when I was young, my family um, for a while lived in a very very tight budget from a paycheck to paycheck. When my dad transitioned into being a teacher, and I I can remember, you know, if my mom had lost a refrigerator full of food, we probably wouldn't have eaten for two weeks, right? So that right. that. That's something that's scary when you think about it for people. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, so it's, it, it, I can't begin to tell you how thankful I am. And anybody who is related to anybody who is a first responder, 
go kiss them because the first responders <laughs> saved our town and saved our house. Yeah, yeah, they they really definitely. I, the stories that are coming out of what happened, you know, there and what the the firefighters were facing, pretty dramatic. Um, you know, it's um, yeah, that's yeah, all you can do is say thank you. And I, and I think last week you put on some things on HR Examiner about how people could sort of support firefighters and, and offer some things. So definitely, as you said, give them a kiss, tell them how much you appreciate them, make sure they realize how important their roles are. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So now to the exciting world of HR technology. What's in it's the mail? Yeah, yeah. I mean, as much as everything, you know, no matter how much happens in the world globally, there's always something going on in the HR tech space. So, um, and even as busy as we get, we, you know, keeping up with it is, is one of the things that we try and do with the, the radio show. Um, so one thing to note, um, we'll talk a little bit more about it, is um, that um, for those who follow um, IROM, which is the um, uh, Information or um, International HR Information Management Association, I'm uh, just for everyone who's out there, I am the vice chair, so this is a little bit of a promotion for an association that I'm working with. Um, but they just released their newly refreshed um, uh, human resource information professional um, certification. So there's some news about that. We also have probably the biggest news in the market right now, which everybody's talking about, especially on the recruiting side, um, Symphony <laughs> Talent acquiring Smashfly technology. Smashfly was one of the founding, I don't know what you call it, sort of, sort of pioneering companies in the space of CRM or, um, you know, uh, recruiting marketing space. And so there's some interesting conversations happening there. We also saw this week that Workday did another acquisition. Um, they did an acquisition of Scout RFP for $540 million. Now, for those who are in the recruiting space, this is not any of the Scout technologies in the recruiting space, because there was a couple of people who misunderstood that in some of the chat boards I was watching. This is Scout RFP. It's a, it's a procurement management system. It's a completely different application, so we can talk a little bit about what that means for them. We also saw that Alight uh, announced that they completed their acquisition of NGA Human Resources. I think that's going to maybe you know, put some um, different spins on what's happening in the payroll space right now. Um, ServiceNow did a little acquisition that was kind of quiet. I don't know if everybody noticed it or not, but they acquired a cognitive search capability company called Ativio, um, which is well worth talking about. We also saw um, Papaya, Papaya, I think it's Papaya, I apologize, a global raising 45 million Series A funding for um, uh, improvements of their global payroll and, and HRMS environment. They're out of Israel, much more of a global tool sort of in the Middle East area, but probably worth noting because we're starting to see global payroll come up in some um, other regions. And then if we get time beyond all the acquisitions and money being spent, um, there's some news coming out about J.P. Morgan testing its Amazon Berkshire Health Venture on bank employees. We talked about that when they started um, putting it in place. I think it's well worth sort of paying attention to what they're doing with it now as they're starting to roll it out. And also Microsoft at their Ignite conference um, rolled out or talked about um, a new project um, called uh, uh, Project Cortex, which is a new knowledge management service for Office 365, which could have some impact on the HR space, especially the knowledge management side of it. So, so busy week, lots of both sort of in HR uh, space stuff and stuff outside of HR that could be impacting us. So where do you want to start, John? Well, let's start with let's start with IRAM. Just in case nobody knows, what's IRAM? Um, IRAM is an association specifically focused on the HR technology 
uh, professional inside your organization. So this is association, they're, they're actually going to have their 40th anniversary next year. Um, not a huge association. They've gone through some turnarounds. They used to have events. People might have been to some of the conferences, usually in the spring. Um, I joined the board uh, about two years ago, and um, they're going through a turnaround. And with the turnaround, um, they're rethinking their role in the HR technology space, and they're focusing much more on being an advocate for the HR technologist and the profession as a whole. Um, one of the things I think we often forget about, and this is the thing me and you talk about all the time, is what kind of skill requirements it takes to do the implementations, the management, the oversight of all these HR technologies that we talk about every day. Um, and those roles are becoming much more uh, skill, heavily skilled required, have a lot more certifications tied to them, have a lot more expectations tied to them, and a lot more accountability inside of organizations. And so IRM is the association that's for just those professionals in your organization. So that's who they are. Um, they're a group of about, we're, I think we're at about 2,000 members association-wise. So like I said, it's really, really focused um, and growing every day. Um, and they have a certification. So for people who don't understand what a what an association certification is, think a little bit more along the lines of like a law certification or a, uh, a professional nursing certification. It's, it's not a class or a course. It's, it's more an exam that um, provides um, certification that you are capable of doing a specific job. And in this particular case, you're capable of being a certified human resource information professional who can do implementations, manage large environments, understands how to think about integrations, understands an HR technology ecosystem. So that's what this certification does. And we've recently gone through a major upgrade of it. Um, because it was very focused, you know, when it was originally designed and built on what was happening in the on-premise and the mainframe environments, and, you know, the space changes rapidly. Um, and so we did a refresh of it that now includes all the new things that we're dealing with in the market, data privacy, um, technology investments, and cloud, those type of things. And it's been uh, managed over the last um, six months, eight months by someone that everyone knows in the market uh, or may know in the market, uh, Janine Truitt, so she's really been managing and, and spearheading that, so we're really excited about where it's at right now. So that's so, what so, IRM is and what they're doing. So tell me, who's Janine Truitt? I, I don't think I know Janine. Oh, oh okay. So Janine Truitt runs um, – oh, boy, now I'm, 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 you're going to ask me because she's got a great Twitter account, and I want to say it's the Cesarean of HR. I could be wrong on that, um, but I will double-check and make sure before we wrap up today. Um, but she runs her own sort of HR technology um, consulting business. Um, she's, I met her at multiple conferences in the past, and what I've always found impressive about Janine is that um, she understands the HR technology ecosystem from sort of beginning to end. I think she has a lot of experience in the recruiting space. She knew that space originally, but she's really broadened what she does. Um, and she's very pragmatic about how she thinks about HR technology sort of environments. And so when we were looking for someone to sort of um, help us ensure that this sort of got off the ground from an up, uh, upkeep and refresh perspective, um, she was probably a, well, probably one of the better fits that was on our team. She was supported by a group of probably six, seven other sub subject matter experts who really helped with the update process. Um, they were practitioners from different walks of the HR technology space, people who were in part of the vendor communities, people who were part of, you know, their own HRIS environments, and people who had already taken the HRIT certification in the past. So, Huh. huh. Well, th th this is exciting. It's, it's nice to understand that there is a professional association 
with current views about technology, um, helping people demonstrate that they're competent in HR technology. That's great. That's great. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been excited by it. I, I, I appreciate it because I think it gives a leg up to professionals who maybe don't oftentimes get the opportunity, um, especially those who are in sort of not tied to a big vendor or not like us located and sort of get to go to all the events and conferences. This is a great way for people who are sort of in the job every day getting it done to sort of help sort of pre- present the information about how effective they are at doing their job. So, yeah, good So if, if you were an HR tech professional, how long would you have to be in the job to, to understand all of the things and how would you train to take this? class this certification yeah, it's actually a good question we're um so on ge- in general we recommend that someone who is taking the um hr ip certification um has been in the job for three to five years as an hr technology professional they've done at least one to two implementations and they have been involved in maintaining or, ma- or, or managing an hr technology environment now getting training for that um that's of the more difficult conversation. We are working on a process in IRM where we're starting to validate various um, uh, organizations who are putting training together for HR technologists. There is some training that, that IRM used to offer in the past. They did not uh, uh, keep, uh, do not plan to sort of uh, put that in place again because part of the problem is that it is so hard to sort of maintain training content. We've talked about this before. Um, and we found that was probably a better idea to go out to all the other organizations who are doing that kind of training content um, and validating it for them, making sure that it was covering the kind of things that it should be covering for the exam. So um, I don't have a list today, but I, they should probably have a list coming up in the next uh, six months or so. We're actually working through a validation process right now, a couple of organizations. So, yeah, it's, there's a lot of organizations out there doing training, but I don't know. There's university programs. There's certifications people are offering. Uh, there's some of the people we know in the HR analyst space who put on workshops and conferences um, around it, but I don't think there's a sort of single way we found that that covers all the things you need to know about HR technology. Right? So. Uh, that's interesting. So, so it sounds like it's about time for there to be a standard textbook on, on HR tech. Are you going to write it? <laughs> I may have some things in the in the uh, hopper around doing a book. But um, I I I, um, I don't know if I'm going to write the be all end all book, but I but I may be working on something like that. We won't. I'll I'll let you know in a few months. How's that done? <laughs> okay, okay, because because we need we need to figure out how to pass the test now that we have the test. Yeah, exactly. I know. Yeah, that is one of the conversations we have on a constant basis with the IRM organization. But the other thing that's helpful is they could listen to the radio show on a regular basis, right? We tell them all kinds of information here, so. <laughs> Oh, so does that mean I get an honorary certificate? (laughs) We'll let you take the test if you want, John. See if you can pass it. (laughs) Oh no! Well, well, that'd probably be a good story. Did did, did I tell you? Did I tell you that I'm getting ready to do this uh, uh, summer school in complexity at the Santa Fe Institute next next summer, and in order to get ready. I have to I have to take some fundamental calculus classes, and I, I flunked my first calculus test. Um, <laughs> I was just gonna say if I had to do it, oh wow, yeah. 
<laughs> well, you know, it's it's a forgiving environment, so I get to come back and and, and do it again, and and I'll do fine. And and it's it's simple calculus, um, but but the 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 business of being tested and certified is a dicey environment for a lot of people. It's it's great that that IRM is standing up to this. Yeah, yeah. It it really is an area that I think we oftentimes overlook when we're talking about the HR technology environments. It's the maintenance and the upkeep of them and and how people actually manage these systems. Um a good implementation does not mean that you have a long-term adopted technology, right? So, right. yeah, no, the more we can educate, the better. Yeah. Um, cool. So now let's talk about Symphony acquiring Smashfly. This is the big news of the week. It is. Did you know Symphony Talent before this? I will have to say their name was not on my radar before this. Was this somebody oh, you talked so, to previously? Yeah, Symphony Talent is um, – it it has been for years the coupling of the old HOTUS advertising agency and um, a complicated venture-backed startup um, that did okay but was floundering around a little bit. And so they merged these two things, and they've spent the last, I don't know, four or five years – really getting it together. The CEO is an astonishing fellow um, and the um, head of sort of advertising operations is Shannon Siri, who has been in the industry for years and years and years now. Um, and and they're, they're a quiet force to be reckoned with. If you go to the recruiting trade shows, they're always there. Uh, but mm-hmm. buying Smashfly, that's huge. That's huge. And it's mm-hmm. huge because it sort of reasserts the importance of marketing and advertising in the recruiting process. Yeah. And, and Smashfly really, I mean, I mean, would you say they were the pioneer in the CRM space for uh, recruiting? I mean, they were the first one I spoke with who was talking about. It, yeah. No, I, no. Uh, Avature. Avatar was the first mm-hmm. by many years. Um, Smashfly, Smashfly's model, I, I wouldn't describe Smashfly as fundamentally a CRM company. I think they, I think yeah. they worked their way into that. They're, they were much more of a, um, an employment branding business. Um, and then once, once, you, once you follow the logic of employment branding, which is... Uh, well, I have a fistful of opinions about employment branding, but the logic of employment yeah. branding is that is that the brand always translates into personalized interactions with individuals in the process. And so um, Smashfly was about targeted emailing um, in the beginning and targeted advertising in the beginning. And it became a CRM because you have to manage the conversation flow. Yeah, you, you really do. And, and so, yeah, I, I mean, so, so these two brands probably go to better go together a little bit better, maybe even than we thought just because the, the, the brand is the central component. It sounds like from both of them. And it sounds like together they have around 750 
customers that they'll now be supporting between the two of them, uh, which isn't huge, but it's not small either. Uh, a lot of them Fortune 500. Um, so this will this will be interesting to watch. Do you think we're going to see more of these? Because this is kind of technology technology acquisition where we've been seeing a lot more of big RPO acquisition of the recruiting tools right now. Is is this well, a, well, a shift you think we're going to see? So so this is kind of acknowledgement that um, that recruiting has evolved and it's evolved to be a comprehensive marketing discipline um, and. Whether or not that's a good idea is, is kind of a separate conversation, but there is a particularly in a hot um, uh, labor market like we have right now, the idea that you have to get your message at the right time, in the right place, to the right person is um, extraordinarily important. The thing about about the labor market is that when the downturn happens, um, all of that stuff goes out the window. Yeah. Uh, and so, so what we're about to see is an industry that is, uh, I wouldn't say consolidating, but I would say buying completely into the idea that, that a necessary component of recruiting is programmatic advertising and a CRM to catch the targeted results. And you see it. You see it with Beamery's relationship with Workday. You see yeah. it in the RPO acquisitions. You see it in the in the incredible success of Fadam People. And so, yep. so the the recruiting market is shifting towards a platform that runs the gamut from managing the employment website to handling detailed interactions between people and the company on the website to um, this programmatic advertising and management of the results. Well, and that actually kind of leads <laughs> into the next story. I mean, you know, your comment about the fact that, that recruiting is best, recruiting applications and technology tools, right, obviously, and the investment in them make a ton of sense when we're, know in a market where labor is tight right but when you're in a market where you're thinking a little bit more about optimizing your company and your financials then you have to think more about sort of supply and demand and it's a different conversation about what's important inside your company right um and so workday's announcement of acquiring scout rfp which again is not a, a recruiting scout technology this is this is a procurement management technology um, for 540 million. Now we don't cover finance applications too much. This fits in the finance application space or supply chain management application space. But I think this actually says quite a bit. You know, that's a big investment for Workday. Their focus has been for years on the HR space as a as a big primary. They've definitely shifted a lot of resources over to finance um, support and development. And now they're investing a big amount in another tool like they did with their analytics tool, Adaptive, that could actually be standalone on, on some level for, for the market. Um, is this because people are starting to see that, you know, HR recruiting might sort of all of those things that are important, but there's we got to get the fundamentals of finances and, and optimization inside of organizations better before we hit the downturn? Is, is that a little bit of what you think is happening there? 
I, I, I don't know how to read this. <clears throat> I really don't know how to read this. I, I, I'm at a loss to explain Workday's acquisition here. Um, um, except that they believe this takes them more rapidly into a good competitive position in supply chain management. Um, you, you know, and so, so everybody's got this problem, which is, which is that the siloed point solutions have gotten quite good. Um, and the ability of a customer to engineer their own enterprise environment with APIs um, is something that the largest companies are starting to do. Um, and so, so I would read this as a defensive move rather than an offensive move. And I, and I would say, I would say <clears throat> if they didn't provide this functionality, what they're doing is encouraging their customers to develop their own enterprise solutions. Yeah. Right. I, I so, will say, I think, yeah, yeah. I, I would agree that this is much more of a, uh, they, they're they're banking on that, you know, finance and supply chain is a space where we are starting to see shift right now. You don't want to be behind the eight ball once the market starts to shift, right? Workday was at the perfect place when core HRMS has started to shift 10 years ago. You, you've got to be ahead of that curve if you want to make anything off of it, right? That's right. That's right. That's right. And so, so when I say defensive, that's what I, that's what I really mean is if, if you're, if you're yeah. going to stay, um, out in front, you have to understand where it's going and you have to be there before um, somebody can wicker something together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and, and probably the person that, uh, the company that might be the most competitive in putting something together would be ServiceNow, right? We've, we've, we've got a conversation here about ServiceNow acquiring. Um, now, granted, ServiceNow is not going to put out a finance system, but they are definitely trying to make the case that they are a layer or a big component of your enterprise application environment. Um, they've acquired a cognitive search capabilities um, organization called a TVO. Um, and and this, this, I think, didn't get a lot of press, and I don't think a lot of people talked about it. Um, I think I saw George Lurk put a little comment on about it. Um, a couple other people mentioned it, but most people sort of just, you know, sort of were talking about all the other things going on in the HR space this week. I think this one is bigger than most people are giving it credit for. This is definitely a space where we are seeing um, ServiceNow has its own, you know, platform as a service, you know, offering. It definitely has uh, workflow tool technology. They they are they are coming on strong, saying we can be your enterprise platform at some level. Right. So so you might have to help me here a little bit. Um, as I understand ServiceNow, they're kind of a layer that sits on top of um, uh, of, of an enterprise tool. Um, is that is that right? I would say yes. They're a workflow tool. They they sit on top and then sit in between. They're kind of like that that you know, kind of like you throw the glue on it, it kind of gets into the cracks kind of thing, right? Um, they, they have a lot of work to, workflow co, uh, capabilities. They have case management technologies. They have tools for, for sort of at least tracking your architecture a little bit, right? Um, they also have put out their own, as I said, platform as a service. They have the, the now platform, as they're calling it, right, which is the ability to sort of build 
um, they're trying to sort of uh, take the same approach, I think, a little bit as um, Salesforce.com with Force.com did, which is build little applications off of this and around this. So yeah, they're they're a layer above it, but but not just sitting on top. I think they're trying to get into all the cracks, the places where the other systems don't fit as well, right, neatly together. Yeah, interesting. I think I think that ServiceNow is a company to watch like nobody you've ever watched before. <laughs> yeah, and a reminder. I mean, last week we talked about the fact that. Um, they got a new CEO, uh, right, which is uh, McDermott, who came from the SAP environment. Um, uh, so, yeah, so I mean, not only are they doing all of this work, but they're also sort of bringing in some heavy hitters to lead them through this conversation, right? Yep. Yep. Interesting time. So we got time for one more. What are we going to do? Um, well, I mean, what do you, you know, think about J.P. Morgan's um, talking about testing its Amazon Berkshire Health Venture on bank employees. So they're basically rolling out to, um, it looks like to a, about uh, 30,000 workers in Ohio and Arizona. Their new, it's, it's new healthcare plans run by Cigna and Aetna, right? But it's on their new sort of platform, I guess, as, as, as I'm understanding it. Uh, which will have better ways for people to understand their healthcare options, um, create a better connection with doctors. So it's, and will give people the ability to sort of not have to do co-pays um, to get money back for being in wellness programs. They're tying together a lot of the things that we've been talking about in bits and pieces around benefits and wellness and, and you know, you know decision-making for organizations. Um, and they're saying, thinking they can save considerable amounts of money by doing this over what other organizations are paying their, for their benefits approaches. What do you think about this, John? Is this? Um... I think this is the, this is really the same same conversation as we were having about ServiceNow sitting on top of of all sorts of other activity and being the interface. Um, what what they're saying here is that is that the the healthcare marketplace is so fractured that the, that it's the marketplace that inhibits um, effective delivery of healthcare. Um, and so, if you treat it as an information integration problem, you get a long way towards solving it. And this is this is you know I'm I'm lucky to have Kaiser as my healthcare provider, so. All of my healthcare records are all in one file, and every doctor can look at it, and um, uh, it moves quickly through the system. The meds are tracked all the way through. Everybody who prescribes something is cross-checked by somebody else. That sort of service level isn't attainable with Blue Cross Blue Shield or something like that, where you just are sort of shopping at a mall that doesn't have any department stores. Um, and so the idea here is that you can get that single point of contact integrated experience by having the marketplace be responsible for data integration. Um, and, and I think it's, I think it's a powerful idea. It's a very, very powerful idea. And it puts these companies, JP Morgan Chase and Amazon um, and Berkshire Hathaway at the front end of the cash flow for 
um, the healthcare industry, which is like a third of the a third of the gross yeah. domestic product that's spent on that. So it's a they say it's a nonprofit initiative, but but none of these are not these are, these are banks yeah. and, and Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. I think when when they say nonprofit, I think what they're saying is that their goal is that this will save the company because you're already spending so much money in this space, right? So it'll right. save both the company and the employees money, but it will it, it's gonna you know that savings will come out of other places, and and I think part of this might be that we're gonna see not only efficiencies come in place, but a little bit of um you know arm twisting of the pharmaceuticals and other industries where those prices are continuing to go up, right? Yep. Yeah. So, so it's yep, been a busy week. Lots of stuff going on, John. <laughs> yeah, what a great conversation. Thanks for taking the time to do this, Stacy, and thanks everybody for listening in. Yeah, thanks everyone. You've been listening to HR Tech Weekly, one step closer with Stacy Harris and John Sumter, and we will see you here next week. Bye bye now. Bye.